Hello, Vitamizers, and welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast. As always, I'm Allison here with Slenderella in Austin, Texas, and this is a super cool episode. So we actually have Paleo FX coming up this weekend. If you're listening to us on April 22nd when this podcast is This particular episode is launching, Um, but our guest today is going to be speaking at the upcoming Paleo FX event. Uh, But before we get into that, of course, the How Do You Health podcast is brought to you by Slenderella. Slenderella is a vitamin shot and IV blend that was designed to help your liver function optimally. It got its name when the creator started noticing that liver detox was causing many clients to lose weight. Now there is a whole line of different Slenderella blends that you can customize for your needs, as well as a supplement line to support all of your Slenderella goals. You can find distributors and more information at www.slenderellausa.com. This podcast is recorded at MSW Lounge. MSW Lounge is located in Westlake Hills in Austin, Texas. They provide a variety of services, including vitamin shots and IVs, the whole Slenderella family, concierge medicine, chiropractic, massage therapy, a vitamin drink bar, and tons of other local company offerings for ways to clean up your health and naturally stay that way for a long time. Find out more at www.mswlounge.com. This podcast is sponsored by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date on their events and programs. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more at www.flabstofitness.com. All right, so our guest today is Ta from Ta Cole, and these guys are super cool. So Ta and Cole are uh, a man and a woman, and they co-run this business together. They're a couple, but they basically run a business that focuses on what they call bio-integration. And Ta, like I said, will be speaking at Paleo FX this coming weekend, kind of more about it, but... They use a variety of different biohacking and health coaching and psychology and plant medicine and all these different things to um, to help dig into what their clients are really trying to get from life, from their health journeys, whatever it is. And uh, super interesting practice that I think they're definitely carving out and kind of creating um, a new niche for. So very interesting talk. Unfortunately, I personally did not get to be in to help interview Ta for this episode, but the boys took it and it was really cool um, to hear all the different things that they learned. So I am not an authority on these things at all. So I'm going to let Ta explain it. Here is Ta from Ta Cole and make sure that you uh, check out the link below if you would like to either attend Paleo FX with us this weekend or uh, listen in on the live stream all weekend. I'll put the links for both of those below so that you don't miss any of the cool talks on health things like this. 
Now, without further ado, <laughs> here is Ta on the How Do You Health podcast. Welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. Well, uh, thank you. And uh, today we're going to be interviewing, we're having a conversation with Ta Witty. He's a biointegration specialist. Yes, I am. Um, and uh, tell us a little bit about that. What, what, uh, what does that mean? Well, biointegration is a way to integrate the human body into your entire lifestyle. Uh, we do this through uh, examining your whole life, digging into all of your processes, and then helping you align your movement, your nutrition, your hydration, uh, <coughs> your, your stress, trauma release, drama release, and integrating your body into your lifestyle. So whereas we, we, we will have somebody that will come in and be like, you know, I want a body like a football player. And I'm like, why do you want a body like a football player? Well, because I want to look this way. Okay, so your body needs to perform like a football player in order to acclimate into that space. So let's keep playing football, right? It, it, can, be, it can be that simple or it can be more complicated um, based upon how much brain power you need to use, based on how much actual physical power you need to use, what your posture is like. Is your body acclimated to the things that you want to deal with? Is your body acclimated to you having three kids running around your house and you're still trying to run a business? Can your body withstand this? Can your body integrate into it fully so you're actually enjoying your, your experience fully? And if you're not enjoying your experience fully, then what's the purpose of life, right? If you're not fully integrated. So it becomes a, a point of being dramatically honest with yourself, uh, being able to peel back the things that aren't serving you and apply things that will serve you and getting all of those dynamics to work together, helping people to establish what we call a life team, which is a team of people, friends, uh, and practitioners that can help you to get to get aligned with what you want to experience in your yeah. life. So it's really integrating the body into all of the experiences. Our, our, our society is very mind-based at, at the current time in, uh, in our existence as human beings and the body is being left behind, it's kind of lagging. So bringing the body to be able to fully integrate and experience in the moment of now without the pressure of the future or, or the, the hyper uh, nostalgia of the past, keeping people present and actually getting the body to adjust to what's going on right now. Because our bodies always adjust. Your yeah. body's adjusting to sitting in a chair right yeah. now. Yeah. And when you stand up, it's adjusting to standing up. Mm -hmm. And if you sit and stand and sit and stand and sit and stand, you get adjusted to sitting and standing and sitting and standing. If how, so if there's less of, an, uh, of a chance for you to get hurt doing that because your body's not becoming conditioned to it. Your breathing can acclimate to it. Um, we, we work with people on getting acclimated to altitudes. You'll have somebody who will move to Colorado and be like, I don't understand why I can't breathe and I can't do the things mm -hmm. that I do. It's because you came from New York you're, you know, or you come from some basin city somewhere. Like, uh, like Houston's it, like it, below it, sea level, I think. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I was going to say, like Houston, you, know, you come from a basin city and, and then you move to Denver and then it's like, I don't understand why I can't breathe. So getting the body to acclimate before you move, even move, to start to acclimate, to start to understand the ramifications of what's going on with the humidity, with the pollen, with, with all of the, this, this is all stuff we take into account, and getting you to actually integrate your body into your experience so that you can enjoy it. Yeah. You know, people are miserable, man, and they're over there hyper-stressed, not all people, but a lot of people are very sure. hyper-stressed and, and, and out of sorts because they can't figure out why they're not connecting with things. And the things that, that, that they may be out of sorts with are things that they're not being honest with themselves about. They're living in homes with people that they don't want to live with. They're living in a home that they don't want to live in. They're living in a city they don't want to live in. You know, they're eating foods that they don't really feel connected to. And then they don't even actually know how to connect to the food because they don't know how the body's responding and reacting when they put something in their mouth because they're chewing just to chew and swallow. 
you know, I'm just eating to stay alive. I'm just drinking water to stay alive. Instead of actually integrating with it and slowing down so that you yeah. can actually get into the process. Biohacking is a big deal. And we, we say biohacking is cool, but biointegration is key. You know, it's the key. It's the, actually getting into feeling the process so you feel when your body's actually shifting as opposed to just hopping over and having accelerated situations. And then in order to get to that accelerated situation, you have to constantly hop yeah. over or utilize something to bridge that as opposed to getting your body to naturally learn how to get over that hurdle. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of your work is it bringing awareness to, well, bringing people people's awareness to the the idea of just being aware of what's going on right it right? starts with awareness right because it's almost like i could imagine people were like well i didn't even think about thinking about that right. i didn't yeah. even think about thinking about what i'm eating or right. like noticing what i'm eating or right. noticing what i'm drinking or whatever right so it's 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 we, the way we say it is it starts from a level of, of tolerance is the lowest level of connection with the self and then intimacy is the highest level so in order to be able to, and, and it starts with yourself, and then you can move this on to interacting with other people, to be able to tolerate your body, right? To tolerate the way it looks, tolerate the way it feels. Then you can accept how it feels and how it looks and start to really feel into it and start to get a gist of what's going on with you. And then once you feel safe, right? Safety is, is, is key. Once you feel safe with yourself, you can open up and be vulnerable with yourself. You can try things. You can, you can experiment with things. You can be honest with yourself about, I like this and I don't like this. I'm drinking coffee and it doesn't serve me, so let me not drink coffee anymore. Let me be honest with myself. That's connection. Once you have connection, then you have the real intimacy with the self. When you have intimate intimacy with the self, then you can really make some significant shifts in your life. And the same thing goes for interpersonal relationships. In order to start a relationship with somebody, you have to be able to tolerate their physicality and proximity to you. Once you tolerate it, you can accept it. You can fall into it. Once you can see if you feel safe with a person, that's when you can be vulnerable. I can be honest with you. Hey, man, my underarms smell bad. You got any deodorant? And he can help me. He can pass me some deodorant. <laughs> right? So that's, that's vulnerability, right? And once you have vulnerability and you have that connection, it's connection. Oh, man, yo, man, my underarms smell bad too, man. When is that? Da, da, da. You have connection. Yeah. And then it's intimacy. We can be boys. I can touch you, right? And that's, that's when the intimacy starts. And it doesn't have to be, and, and, and the people confuse sexuality sure. and intimacy. Sure. It's not the same thing. So with the, with, with, when you get to these foundations of, 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 how to do, of how to connect with yourself and how to connect with other people, that's where it all starts. Right. It's really starting that, that, that connection with the self. And once you have that connection with the self and you start to understand your physicality in that connection, that's where all the magic starts. Right? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's cool. That's cool. Yeah, so how do, how, do you, how do you typically get a client? Like how, do, how does someone come up and find you, like find out about this? Most of my clients are word of mouth. Yeah. Once somebody works with me, they tell everybody. <laughs> they yeah. Oh man, you got to work with Ty. I've heard this so many times. Man, man, people tell me you got to work with Ty. It's just like, and, and and Cole. You know, my wife Cole. Um, you know, our company is called Ty Cole Biointegration, yeah. and uh, it's it's there's just this thing. It's, it's a tremendous word of mouth. We are uh, we do we it's it's it's, it's not the the, the most. Uh, uh, budget-friendly thing to work with us. It's, uh, it's, it costs a, a bunch of money, but we, we're in your life. You go to your house, spend about a week in your house. Uh, I'm driving with you for your commute to work. I'm talking to your kids and your, your spouse. I'm petting your dog. I'm seeing what's in the plate. I'm looking through your cabinets. I'm in your sock drawer. I'm, I'm everywhere, and I'm finding out what's going on. And, and you know, I'm, I'm going with you to your social event, and I'm just laid back in the cut watching how you interact, watching your posture, watching all of these things and gathering data so that I can start making 
observations. And once I make observations, then we, we make suggestions. And we make suggestions on how to pull back things or apply things. I ask questions in regards to, uh, you know, what's going on in your life. So this, this, this process takes about six months. Um, we used to contract for three months. It was people always, I want to go back in for more. So it's, we now we only contract for six months. We only take four people at a time because we're in your business. So once we're once we're done with somebody, they're like, man, yo, you gotta work with you gotta work with Tyron Cole, man. It changed my life, blah blah blah. And I'm like, man, this is awesome, you know. So uh, that's most most of our one on one uh, or clients come from word of mouth. We also work with couples on their uh, on on building their intimacy and getting their connect their bodies connected into their relationship because you know there are times where one person will be all in it full body and the other person is kind of dissociated so we help couples to do that type of stuff other than that we do uh, we do monthly groups uh, monthly gatherings small groups 12 people we help people to really get into their body situation and that is a, another way that people talk about what we're doing they go to our website and they sign up there and our, our groups are always sold out which is awesome yeah I can't See? be I can't be mad at that yeah yeah so, um, yeah, that's how people find out. That's and, cool. And, and the website is tahkole.com, T-A-H-K-O-L-E.com. And, you know, we have a little bit about what we do on there. We like to talk to people. We like to meet people. We go out and we interact with human beings because we are very body-based. We like to talk to people. Mm -hmm. So you'll see us at events talking to people. And I don't walk up and ask people what they do for a living. I ask them, what makes your heart sing? What, what, what makes your heart sing? What do you do today that made you feel awesome? Oh, he's a big Radiohead fan. Oh, man. Huge, cool. ra huge Radiohead fan. <laughs> <laughs> talk about a full body experience to get to a Radiohead concert. Yeah, right? exactly. Crying, <laughs> I sat in my friend's lap the entire, the entire, he actually introduced me to Radiohead. Yeah. Like, we got to go to this concert. We went to Giant Stadium. I sat in his lap and I was crying, like, <laughs> sobbing and snapping. Was that your first time to see him? Oh, boy? gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was funny because today we were driving over here and I was like, today feels like a Radiohead day. Oh, man. Radiohead. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. up and he mentioned it later. I was like, "Oh, I guess we're in sync." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah That's yeah. funny. I think, you know, speaking off of that, I know guys don't cycle off one another, but it's kind of weird. I'm around this guy so much that I almost kind of know what he's about to like, what he's kind of like sensing or what he's feeling and all that because it's just something in the air, mm -hmm. right? So being present of the idea of when you walk in a room, like, what are you walking into, mm -hmm. right? And so it's kind of like. I don't know why he said it was a Radiohead day, but there was a reason why we go to that, right? Is that we need a focus, we need clarity, mm. do we need something more in-depth today, something mm. more profound? And um, a lot of the times when we have it in the background, there's something that resonates with our frequency mm -hmm. and allows us to kind of function at a different level. Right. And so I think most of the time <laughs> that people come in here, even they probably you know, meet with you, it's not that they're necessarily saying, I don't feel good today. It's mm -hmm. more like, no, I'm a high-functioning individual, I'm off, and I want to know why I'm off. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me why? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's when you're like, well, let's figure out what's going on with you. Let's go into your house. Let's see how you function on a daily basis. Right. Because internally, <clears throat> you know, there could be things going on I can't see yet. But it might be these little things that add up. Right. It's interesting that you said guys don't cycle off of each other. I think, I think that guys I, That's what I said. I think they do. I think, <laughs> I think humans cycle off of each other. And, and this is, you can call this a, a hypothesis or you can call this a, there's some science to this. And when I'm working with people and they, they don't understand why they keep getting around people who are, who are kind of, uh, uh, can I say shitty? Yeah, you said it. Exactly. Right? So, <laughs> who, have, who have shitty attitudes or yeah. they're in a shitty mood, they keep bumping into people yeah. over and over again. And yeah. they're in a shitty mood. Yeah. And, and then when it's like when I'm in a great mood, I bump into all these great people. <coughs> when, when we have all these glands, 
that produce hormones. And every sensation that we have, every feeling, every emotion that we have is driven by hormones. The mind doesn't feel anything. The body feels everything. So when you see somebody, watch it, wait. Okay, you see that? Yeah. I can make that happen at any time. Okay, that's an autonomic response. We're not supposed to be able to do that by thinking. I can, okay. I can draw goosebumps on my arms at any time, but I have to train myself to do it. So what I used to do is I used to think of certain things that made me feel amazing, and it would make my skin pop up. So now I can, I'm, I've drawn into the feeling of it. So what happens when, when this happens is your body secretes hormones. It could be uh, serotonin, oxytocin. They all, all these different things can cause you to trigger uh, goosebumps or whatever. When, when you see somebody that you love, you have this amazing feeling. Oh, my gosh. And your, your, your glands secrete serotonin, your, your intestines, all little germs in your intestines make serotonin go all over the place. Oxytocin runs through your bloodstream. And your entire body starts to vibrate at the frequency of the hormones instead of just staying in the glands. So as your body is covered with all of those, all of those hormones and the hormones are repeatedly coming out, you tune into other frequencies of other human beings that are in that space. So if you've been feeling Radiohead and you came in and he's on the frequency of Radiohead, you're gonna connect, you're gonna bond on it. So I walked through the door and I could barely hear that music. I was like, I feel Radiohead. And I was like, is that Radiohead? Right? I was like, is that Radiohead? And immediately, so I'm always tuned into Radiohead. So that's part of, of my habitual frequency. I got I have a, I don't listen to music on my phone. I have an MP3 play and it's loaded with Radiohead. So I'm always listening to it. So I'm tuned into that frequency, but it makes me feel a certain way. So I'm always generating those hormones. So my body is generating at the yeah. frequency of those hormones. So if you have people who are in a fear space, right, and they're always pushing adrenaline into their body, they're always pushing cortisol into their body, those hormones vibrate at a, at a, at a, particular, at a particular frequency. And then the frequencies tweak just a little bit for each person. So my adrenaline is a little different than your adrenaline, different than his, but they, vi they vibrate very similarly. So when I'm, when I'm generating fear, right, I'm generating fear hormones, I can, my body's tuned in onto fear and kind of leans into it. It's like a magnet. Yeah. Right? So, so it's a, a very physical thing. And our bodies read, uh, have a very different intelligence than our minds do. Right? They're different parts of us. We are one organism, but the, the mind is not of the body. It's, I believe it's something outside that connects us all. It's our consciousness. Yeah. But the brain operates and the body operates on a different level. So when you start to understand the intelligence of the body, the body is always, when you walk into a room, you ever walk into a room and yawn, or do a fake yawn and see how many people, those bodies are tuned into your frequency. Right? It's, it's, it's when you walk into a room, I, when I was in Brooklyn, I would walk into this, there's a store. I walked into it, I would walk in the store and be like, what's up? Right? And I would, I would just broadcast, what's up? And I would look through the store and see who's smiling and who's frowning. And the people who, I, who were smiling, I, nine out of ten times I would walk over to those people and get to an amazing conversation with them because they were on that level. They were on that frequency. So as you broadcast stuff and you, and you broadcast with the vibration of the hormones that you're producing in your body, it attracts other people. Sure. It attracts other situations that are vibrating in very similar situations. So when this is why mantra work for me and for the people that I work with is so important. Not mantra like, I am a nice person, I am yeah, a yeah. good person, I am abundant. No. Do you want to feel amazing? Cool. Say I'm amazing. Every time somebody asks you how you are, I don't care how you feel, say I'm amazing. Yeah. It changes your hormones. And, and when somebody's, I'm amazing, look, she smile, right? <laughs> I'm amazing. When you say that, this happens, yeah. right? And when this happens, your body, even if you do a fake smile, you secrete yeah. serotonin, right? Yeah. And it changes your body chemistry and you can feel it. 
right? It's like, I'm amazing. And the other person smiles, like, oh, it's so amazing. Well, let me tell you. They smile at you, you smile, and you got a cycle going back and forth, and you change the other person's body chemistry, right? So the human body connects before the mind ever gets into it. It's so fast. It's instantaneous. You get cut, your body starts healing right away. It doesn't wait for you to say, okay, now cut. Heal the cut magically. No, it starts yeah. right away. The body intelligence is immediate. And once we start to understand how we can get the mind to bring the body online, right? Bring your body online with your mind, and you can you can connect with anything at any time, whenever you want it. And it's always in that power of the moment of right now, because that's the only place that your body dwells in right now, always now. That's cool. Yes. That's really cool. So, um, can you give us a brief history of how you got into Because I know you've had some health issues. <coughs> oh, yeah. Sure. And I'm sure that inspired your work. Oh, man. So, um, I had a host of stuff happen in my life. Uh, I had a very troubled childhood, felt very lonely. Um, from as far back as I can remember, I always felt like I was a problem to my parents because of a conversation that I had with my mother. Uh, who told me, who I, you know, my brother is born 23 months ahead of, ahead of me. So on, from December 16th to January 1st, uh, my brother and I have a year digit difference in our, in our birthdays. And, our, and I, you know, I'm two years old, you're three oh, years sure, old. Yeah. And then it, like at, after January 2nd, he's, he's four and I'm, and I'm two, right? Yeah. So I asked my mother when I was like six, I was like, how come sometimes my brother is two years older than me? How come sometimes he's one year old? She said, well, because you're the surprise baby. We didn't plan for you. And, and so I took that as I was a mistake. And that's, this is an imagination that I created. Mm -hmm. and nobody actually guided me through that. So I spent a great amount of my life trying to prove myself to my mother that I was worthy of her love. So <clears throat> this caused a lot of problems, a lot of self-worth issues. My brother uh, used to beat me up a lot. I mean, a lot. Like I, was in, I, felt, I feel like I was in terror for most of my, my, my young years because my brother would do a lot of really terrible things to me, he would threaten to kill me, you know, he, would, he was really, really physically angry and abusive to me. And so this, I, I had, I wet the bed until I was 14, okay? Um, and when I, when I got to high school, I didn't want my brother to tell everybody in the, in the next school that I went to that I peed in the bed. Sure. Because he told everybody in grade school that I did, so I stopped sleeping. And so I had insomnia for this where I developed insomnia. I didn't even realize I was doing it. I just stopped going to sleep. And so I had trouble sleeping That's for insane. 30 years, okay, 30. And um, it wreaked havoc on my body. I had, uh, I, I, I pulled off, my mother had uh, Graves' disease. She had hyperthyroid uh, when I was in my teens. And I pulled it off of her because I was, I, you know, I had all this empathy for my mother and she was going through all this stuff with my father. And I pulled that off of her and I actually developed Graves' disease. Uh, being in that frequency and uh, I got through it my mother did radioactive iodine and then my thyroid returned to normal <laughs> it was really bananas so th these are some of the things that happened earlier on in my life as I got I got into nursing school I graduated from nursing school when I was 20 and my daughter was born when I was 18 um, and I felt horrible in regards to my situation with my daughter my mother always told me don't bring no kids home when you're not married, and uh, I had sex with this woman once. <laughs> once, yay! Right, yeah. and she got and and uh, and we got pregnant, and she had she had my daughter, and she told me that she was going to have uh, an abortion, and she didn't. And so, uh, yeah, a year later, I started getting child support letters in the mail and stuff. And then eight months after that, I got a picture of my daughter. And then when my daughter was two and a half, 
she came to New York and I saw my daughter for the first time and then when my daughter's mother was three she said I'm done with this you need to take your daughter so I ended up being thrust into single parenthood at the age of 20 and 20 yeah 20 yeah 20 I think I was 20 21 I was, yeah I was 21 and I became a single parent and all of the things that I had been taught as a, as a kid how parents should act which that was a bunch of dysfunctional parent stuff I was pushing down on my daughter and, and I, I saw how I was interacting with my daughter and I just didn't feel congruent with it. I felt, I felt like it was dysfunctional and it was disrupting me. So I saw, as I moved into working in a hospital, I saw more and more people working with these same types of dysfunctions and, and being very lonely and hiding, hiding behind a shame device based off of this, their situations from when they were children and carrying it into their adult lives and just collecting all this data, watching people. So I moved out of the first hospital, I worked on a surgical unit, and, and then I started working um, I started working in the emergency department uh, in, 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 a, in another hospital. And I started watching all the loneliness on people. And th there, there have been several, I, I gotta be at least 100 incidences where people have asked me to pull the curtain closed because uh, they wanna tell me something. And they told me their darkest secrets that they never told anybody who they were in love with, that if they wanted to be with this person or not that person, who they've hurt, you know, the dog they killed and they never got over it when they hit the dog, all these different stories, and then they would, they, would, they would die afterwards. And these are people who were holding on to these secrets so heavily. And I started to see how it was affecting the body. So I started in my triage process, I would ask people what's going on with them as far as, as, as uh, their emotions when they would come in with specific diseases. And I started to study the, ch the chakra charts and see where people were holding stuff. And so I started applying that stuff to the questions I would ask. And I would go back and I would go spend time with these people. <laughs> when I got a second, I would go spend time with them and I would help them unravel stuff. So I started to, to pick and, and all this stuff. And I got into some, some situations and relationships I was with I was in and it was just a lot of toxic stuff giving giving away my power not recognizing myself not being honest about stuff in my life and it was tearing me up and I was finding that what was happening is this is the loneliness that I was witnessing in these people that was being so detrimental to them it was lo they were deeply lonely and when we when we're secretive and we don't share the things that are our truest secrets even if it's stuff that that may may hurt somebody else's feelings, it causes damage to our physical body. So I had all this stuff going on. I, I, I was in these relationships that, 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 were, that were toxic to me, that were dysfunctional. I was with a woman that I, that I wasn't in love with. The woman that I was in love with, I wouldn't be with her because I was afraid that she really loved me and that she'd really see me and all of these semantics and bullshit. And um, I kept, on top of all this, I kept saying, I want to get out of this hospital and I want to help people not be in a hospital. I got to get out of here. 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 My body kept tuning into, I got to get out of here. So one day I was lifting a patient, right? You know, I was doing all this physical fitness and all this shit and I was jacked. I was, I was a lot bigger than I am. I was jacked. And, and I'm doing all this stuff and, and my back, I was holding all this energy in my back and I could always feel the tension in my back, tension in my back. And so we had this 300 pound patient to lift, right, to pull up or slid down. And there were three nurses, there was two nurses and the nurses ate on the other side and me on this side. And it was like one, two, three, and they didn't pull. I was the only one that pulled and I felt this tightness right where you hit me with the shot, right? And I felt this tightness. And I was like, oh man, I must have pulled my, my, my glute. And then by the end of the shift, 
this shooting pain shot down my leg and I couldn't walk. I had to crawl to the subway. I had to crawl home. I canceled all my shifts. I was doing fitness training on the side. I, had, I lost all my clients. I couldn't work. Uh, the girl that I was in a relationship with, she decided that she's like, I'm out. She, she, she had something else going on on the side. She was like, I'm done. So my whole life fell apart. And everything was flat out. I had nothing in my life. And I said, this is a prime opportunity for me to, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, I started doing really destructive shit. I was drinking Jose Cuervo. I don't even drink that. I hate, I don't even drink alcohol. I'm drinking tequila and shit, posting stuff on Facebook. And, oh, man, and, you know, life sucks and all this. And then um, my wife, who was my friend at the time, we were doing fitness challenges. And she, she was like, let me come talk to you. And she came and she talked to me. And, and we, we spoke about stuff, about what I wanted to do. And I sat in that, that house for three months, and I couldn't walk. And I sat, I sat on the sofa, and I decided that, I don't, you know, they wanted to do surgery. They wanted to put screws in my back. They wanted to fuse my spine. I told them no. They wanted to give me Tylenol number three and all these other things for pain. I told them no. I know the human body well. I know the anatomy, physiology. I know muscularity. I know kinesiology. I know all of this shit. So I went, I stayed home, and I rehabbed myself. It took me about a month before I could really get up and walk for 45 minutes. And I rehab myself, and I'm stronger now than I've ever been in my life. I'm maybe 30 pounds lighter than I was, with, with more muscle mass than, than, I, than I've ever had in my life. And I rehab myself. And through learning all of these things about where I was holding energy in my body, where I was holding all this, these, these, these lies and all of this stuff, I had a conversation with, uh, with Cole, who's my wife now, uh, about all of the things in my life that I had never told anybody. And I went to sleep for the first time in 30 years. I slept for six hours. That's nuts. 30 fucking years. I went to sleep for six hours. I woke up feeling better than I'd ever felt in my life. And I was like, this is what I need to do. I need to get people to be honest with themselves. I need to get people to be honest about their body. I need to get people to be able to see themselves in the constructs of society and how they how they're, they may not be functioning for them. And if they are going to participate in it, participate in it according to your rules and your guidelines. You do it according to what feels right in your body. And if it doesn't feel right in your body, lean away from it and see if it feels right. And if it feels right when you lean away from it, stay away from it. If it feels right when you lean into it, lean into it because your body is your best friend. It will never lie to you. And so I took all of this and I started applying it to the clients that I started to bring. I had a private studio in, in Brooklyn and I would do fitness training and stuff. And I would bring the clients in and we would do fitness movements and I would do this whole assessment process where I would ask them about their lives. And, and I would find out what's going on with their lives, with their parents, with their kids and all this stuff. And then during their movement, I would ask them certain questions about their family members right, or the person they were involved with. And I would see I would see imbalances show up. So if I have somebody doing double bicep curls and they start talking about their mother and you start leaning this way, What's going on with that? Yeah. What's up with your shoulder? <laughs> you, you know, so shoulder, throat chakra, right? Truth. What's going on? Are you speaking your truth? And as soon as you get them to start speaking their truth, everything balances out. I'm like, oh, this shit makes sense. Yeah. So I started putting all these things together, and I started taking all, man, my, I, like my documentation in nursing, it was crazy. They, they, this is one of the, another reason, other than my triage, my notes, the, my documentation, I never went to court. Because of the way I documented in, 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 my, in my charts. You know about this stuff. I never, <laughs> I never went to court. And, and so, I, so I started writing all this stuff down. And I'm looking at all of my, all of my notes and all these people. And I'm doing all this. I'm like, this shit makes 
all this makes sense. All this stuff about chakras and stuff that I had read up on, that I was like, ah, this is a bunch of hokey garbage. It's actual physical energy. And when we hold truths, when we hold our truths inside and we don't let them flow, they don't move out and they get stuck in certain places. So when you get people to actually speak their truth, it actually lets the energy move out so you don't have to hold it. And so if, if, if there's an energy disruption in a particular area of your body, it can cause things to mutate because the, the blood supply can get limited, um, the, the vibration of certain, of certain nutrients and stuff doesn't go into that area because it's not allowed in. So when, when, you start to, when you start to put all these pieces together, all this shit starts making sense. And I could see this map of, of all this stuff that's going on with people. And, and I just, ha I, 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 some people tell me I've been given a gift by God. You can say whatever it is. My experiences have all led into this space where I can read people in ways that I don't know, I don't exactly understand how I'm doing it, but I can actually read people's energy. I can, I can read their conversations. I can read all this stuff. And it's just, I'm like, listen, I know what to ask. It's like, when, when you're showing me a certain thing, I can watch this stuff. Um, I, I, do, I do my best to, to, when I contract with people, I contract them and I ask them if it's cool for me to be proximal to them when I talk to them because I can smell their breath changes. Sure. I, can, I can watch their breathing change. I can feel the difference in their body their body temperature, all of these things help me to get an idea on how to ask them questions so that they make their own answers. I'm not answering your, I'm not answering your questions. You're answering your own questions about your mom, and you're answering your own questions about your girlfriend, and you're answering your own questions about your dog. You're, you're answering all these questions yourself. So it's all this stuff is getting you to see yourself. And that's how I got into this. So uh, we used to call it strategic personal alignment, right? I'm in a strategy where I'm helping you align your personal self. And then it's like, yeah, that's kind of wonky. What does that mean? And it's like, we're integrating your biology into every aspect of your life. So, so we're actually getting you to sync everything together. You know, we have this thing <clears throat> in our world where we hold the spirit up here in esteem. And then we hold the mind right under that, right? Because the mind over matter, right? And then you have heart, right? Your heart energy is down here. Some, some people put heart above mind, but heart is here. And then your body is way down here on this hierarchy because we live in all these hierarchical systems in, in, in our world. What if you turn that horizontally and you held all those things in the same esteem, right? All of those things in the same esteem. Your mind, your heart, your body, your spirit in the same esteem. And it's not my higher self, it's just myself and you render your love to every part of you, including your body, and then that's when, the, that's when things click into place. Oh shit, I haven't been loving on my body, I've been loving on my spirit, it's connected to God, I've been loving on my mind because it's controlling everything. My body, let me have these Doritos, right? Now I feel like <laughs> shit, right? So, it, so I, don't, I don't participate in junk unless I, unless I want to. And if I do, there's no guilt or anything like that, but I know what it's gonna do to my body and I know exactly how it feels. If my vibration shifts, I know exactly what's happening. It's because of something that I put into my body. It's because of some place that I went or some air that I breathed or some construction that I moved past. All of those things, I know exactly what I'm feeling. So when people start to get the understanding that we, we take it from, from that vertical to that horizontal and we keep your, everything on, on that level of esteem, you bring your body into the integration with the full human self with a broad spectrum human being, human organism that is all these four components, mind, body, heart, spirit, all together, your body's up there. How does that feel? Just listening to that, fuck, it's awesome, man. Oh, yeah. When when I first, I mean, I had a dream about it one day. I was like, man, we need to flip this on inside. I was like, yeah. How does that feel? And my body was like, yeah. So so that's what I rock with, and it seems and it seems to resonate with people. And when it's, when they start bringing their body into that esteem, they're not drinking anymore. They're not smoking anymore. I can break down 
uh, describing cigarettes in a way to people that gives them a new understanding of why they're smoking. And then they're like, oh, shit, I didn't realize that. I can tell you all about that, too, if you want. But, um, yeah, so I hope that answers your question. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. That's cool. This podcast is sponsored by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre- and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date on their events and programs. It's a lot of uh, innate ability to to sense energy in a, in a way that like you can tell there's a dysfunction that that person doesn't even realize themselves. And what I've noticed as a practitioner is that if the person's not willing to want to get better, there's something that's blocking that energy, mm-hmm. right? It's like, for some reason, you don't want to get better. I can't help you until you get to that point. Do you ever come across that? Or is it more of like, all right, even if your guard's up, I'm still going to work with you, right? Like, regardless. So, <clears throat> It's nice to want things. My father used to say that to me all the time. Yeah. It's nice to want things. I want a million dollars, but am I going to go get it? It all starts with a decision. And if my clients are not making a decision, I make them aware of it. Hey, listen, you're not walking in your decision. Is this something that you still want to do? Because working with me is an option. It's not You're not forced into something. I don't want to work with people who are not partnering with me. Sure. I'm not working for anyone, and I'm not above anyone. I'm not anybody's coach. I'm not finger-wagging. This is a partnership. So when people, when I see that people that I'm working with are not, are not in their decision, it's not a dedication or a commitment, it's walking in your decision. Remember, everything with your body is in the now. So if you're not in your decision of now, then let's change it to something else, to what you want it to be right now, and let's walk in that decision. Yeah. Is that what you feel connected to? Mm-hmm. And if it's not something that you feel connected to, what's making you still do this? Because I don't, you know, you, your money is valuable, and I don't, I'm not looking to take your money, and my time and my energy and effort is valuable. Yeah. So, um... I don't just work with anybody. We have to we have to choose each other. Yeah. And I've had I've had to tell people I don't think this is a fit because I you know, I don't it, we don't seem to want to budge on stuff. And I've had to I've had to actually fire clients if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. Because they're not they're not living up to their to their uh, to their end of the deal of this of making a decision and living in that decision. So, um, th- there are people who will be like, Well, you know, I want to. You know, what what do you what does that mean? that you want to. Well, I, I, I you know, I, I want to get rid of this body fat. Okay, so then, you know, well, I just want to do exercise to do it. And I just want to do my diet. Has that, have you done that before? Well, yeah, I've done diet and exercise and it doesn't work. Okay, so then what's the underlying thing? What's going on? Let's really see what's going on with you. What's your relationship with this? What's your relationship with food? What's your relationship with movement? What's your relationship with your family, with your mom? When's the first time you've moved and exercised? When's the first time you remember eating this stuff? Let's get to the fucking meat and potatoes. Let's really get down into the, in the crux of the matter. And if you're not willing to go into the crux of the matter, I render support, okay? And, and it, sometimes it takes a while to chip away because the constructs, right? And then we can get deep into talking about the constructs of society and how they operate through you and actually are puppeteers, right? You have, you have uh, structures like gender. You have structures like uh, religion, structures like family that are all pulling strings to make you perform a certain way. Yeah. And you may not realize it, so we have to cut some of those strings. Even if it's temporarily, hey, what if you just let go of your family's idea of you? Oh, man, how does that 
here, you feel relaxed, right? So then let's get into let's get into to, to adjusting your body without the idea of family present. Yeah. And then they get into the feeling of it and they see it. So if they're willing to go into those places, then we can operate. If they're not willing to go into those places, then there's nothing that I can do. Yeah. You know, so it's it's it, you can go to a personal trainer at the gym if you want to get somebody to adjust your diet and exercise. I'm not interested in that. I'm adjusting your diet. I'm adjusting your movement practices. I'm adjusting your breathing. I'm adjusting your house, the paint on your fucking walls, the carpet on your floor. I'm in your sock drawer. If your underwear are uncomfortable, I'm pulling it out of your ass. <laughs> and that's, and that's, I mean, and I love people, bro. And it, and it's, and it means that much to me that I'm getting in your business. And if, if it's too much, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an asshole about it at all. I'm, I'm you know, it, I'm very gentle about it. And I'm very direct. I don't bullshit. I have no time to, to bullshit and soften things for you because then it doesn't benefit you. Yeah. So it's like, hey, you know, I see this. Not, yo, man, you, you, you frighten me. You ain't doing what I'm telling you to do. No, it's not like that. It's, it's, listen, this is what I'm seeing. Are you seeing this? Yeah. Right? Can you let go of this for a second, come outside and look? There's, you know, just step outside of the, press pause, step outside of the screen and look. Do you see this? Then go back in. So I do run into that, I do, and that's how I manage it. I, I, I talk to people uh, in a very connected fashion. I'm making sure that they can receive it because if they're in a place where their nervous system is heightened, uh, the, the, you, know, the, you know about the, the, the cortex, right? The front part of our brains is where our, our, uh, our consciousness connects, right? This is where I believe mind comes in and connects to body, mm -hmm. to the cortex. If the body feels a threat, cortex gets cut off, there's no communication. Then your brain starts pulling out responses like, oh yeah, I'm good. <clears throat> oh no, no, fuck you. You know, that type of stuff. Standoffishness. And once you, once, once I perceive standoffishness and your body temperature shifts, there's no getting there. So I have to make sure that you feel safe by asking, hey, are you safe? You know, um, you know, do, do you know? Are you still with this interaction? Yeah. Bringing a person's nervous system down, watching my breathing and, and getting a person to downregulate so that I can actually connect with so knowing how to, to rock their body space is, is part of, of getting people to, to do that. Do you, uh, do you do any entity work? I do not. Yeah? Mm -mm. Does, does that fall in your paradigm of, of, of therapies? <clears throat> Working, well, describe entity work. Like, do you believe like there's an outside influence sometimes? I believe that there's an influence. Um, imagination, right, I'm going to get into this. Sure. Uh, imagination is the, listen, I can go on for hours sure. with this shit, bro. Imagination is the foundation of what we are, from my belief. Yeah. And this is not a system of belief, this is my belief. The very foundation, the very fabric of everything in existence is imagination. Everything that is, is because it is imagined. It is imagined by a greater source, a higher power, us, whatever. It's still imagined. In order for us to be this way, whatever created us had to imagine it. It had to imagine it through feeling, it had to imagine it through whatever. The smallest atom, neutrino, whatever, it's imagined. We imagine ourselves to be human beings in this form, right? So if we imagine, uh, everything is, is, uh, is, is formulated based off of imagination. How strong your imagination is and is how you can manifest things. You've heard of people making cancer disappear. Whew. Oh shit, all my tumors are gone. What happened overnight? Because their imagination is that powerful that they actually believe that that tumor is gone. And, they, and, and, and the, the very fabric of that comes to play. It depends on how strong you can get your imagination to actually participate. The thing is, the caveat is, we believe in our DNA that we are this human structure. We have two arms, two legs, we breathe, we da-da-da-da. We believe this in our, in our DNA. So to actually unra to unravel that imagination is where other things can start to happen. 
Now, if you get people to believe hard enough that there are spirits and that there are things, these things come to be. They come to manifest. So there are entities out there that are created by imagination, and they are perceived by the people who actually have strong enough imaginations to perceive those, those entities are existing. So they are quite real. Mm -hmm. I don't participate in that paradigm. Gotcha. I'm not interested in that paradigm. I'm interested in the body paradigm. That's why I rock the space so well, yeah. because that's where my imagination dwells. So me rocking, and, and so I, I look at our current sciences. I look at, at, at the things that I've learned. I look at my interactions, and I combine all of that stuff together, and I take the imaginations that are collected from other sentient individuals and people, and I, and I, and I kind of glue them together so that I can work with them, I can twist them, I can move them, I can make my own, I can step outside and see how somebody else's is working, and I can kind of unhook stuff and hook stuff back in. So when you look at the spiritual world, I've had people right in front of me, groups of people tell me that there's a demon in the room, and they can see stuff, and, and all of this stuff, I don't see it. But I watch, and I witness them, and I stay in their body space, nothing happens to me. But I've watched people have possessions and all this other stuff go on in front of me, and it's quite real. Yeah. It's quite real stuff. So I do believe in uh, in entities uh, as other people partake in them. Uh, but that's not where I am. Sure. I I I, uh, I went to Catholic school. Um, I've I've there have there've been exorcisms and all this shit that I've witnessed and, and and people crawling up walls and all kinds of crazy shit, man. And it's 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 there. It's not my it's not my paradigm of imagination. I don't want to participate in it. I'm not interested in it. And I'm not leaning into participating in that type of in that type of situation. Um, I've seen uh, I've seen that type of imagination be of detriment to people, and I've seen it be of wonderment to people as well. I'm not interested in it. What I'm interested in is being grounded in the body situation, so that I can help us evolve as as a race of beings and turn at that vertical thing into that horizontal thing, so that we can all rock on that plane. So I hope that. No, that that, that that's So how do you um. How do you approach activating the parasympathetic nervous system? Breath. Without giving your secrets away. Breath. Yeah? All day? All day. <laughs> <laughs> when I walk into a room in my speaking engagements, yeah. I speak. And then I look and I speak. And I watch as everybody's breathing starts to fall in tandem with mine. And when most of the room is breathing on that pace, that's when everybody's tuned into me. That's when people get tuned in. That's parasympathetic act activation. Right there. That's my, that's my hub point of getting into that space. Um, slowing my speech down, because I can tend to speak really quickly and I can tend to overload people. Slowing down, bringing my voice down to a calm place. Asking permission. Is it okay if I lean in? Of course. Is it okay if I lean in? Yeah. Parasympathetic. Sitting, chilling, being in a posture. Without this. Without this. Kind of just chilling. Falling back. Yeah. Letting people see relaxation because your body picks up on threats. Yeah. Whatever it perceives as a threat. And if I lean into you and I see you lean back, you're threatened. Yeah. So I lean away. And I take a deep breath. Uh, are you cool with where I am? Watch for the, watch for the change, the change in his skin color. Yeah, right. All of that stuff is how I, I get into activating parasympathetic, and it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And if a person can't exhale with noise, 
<sighs> You're unsympathetic, bro. Without noise. If you cannot. <sighs> if. If you can't. <sighs> You're, you can't get into parasympathetic. So getting. When, when, I'm in a, when I'm in a group setting and I'm working with people and I ask everybody to take a deep breath and exhale, I, look, I tune in on the people who are not exhaling with sound. And those are the people that I go to work with more closely. Does that, does that? Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a very simple approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was thinking about the, the previous comments you were talking about, um, you know, the belief system, right? Because for me, the imagination, um, one of my favorite quotes that I've posted several times, it's, it's the idea of like, believe in something so much that it has like no choice but to exist. Yeah. Right, and it's, and it's, and it's funny, right? Because we, we kind of started practicing, I practice it with parking all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like, I'm going to get a parking spot. I always get a parking spot. And mm -hmm. just imagine it. But I think that manifestation comes from that, right? It comes from, like, attracting the frequencies of what you want to create in your life. Right. Would, would you agree with that? I do. I do agree. And it's, it's not just attracting. It's deciding that you're in it. When you can decide that you have something without the attachment of it being in front of you, right, at that second, visually in front of you, you have it already. When you let go of the idea that you have it, that's when it flies away. So how it gets to you doesn't really make a difference. The idea that you have it already is, is where you have to stay. When you have the idea, and this is this, and time and time again with the people that I work with, oh, what do you want? I want a deal made. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm going to find. I'm like, nope, say that you have them. Determine that you have them. These are the characteristics, and that's it. And then let things happen. Things will fall into place. But you've got to stay in that idea. That has to be in your mantra. When somebody asks you how you are, how are you? I'm in love with my, I'm in love with the person I'm going to be with. I'm in love with my mate. Well, what, who, who is your mate? I don't know yet. And then you get into a conversation about it, and it reinforces the hormone production. So when that person walks through that door, you can zoom right in on it. And it's easy. It's never never a challenge. Money, that was a, the relationship I had with money was terrible, horrible. I couldn't keep money in my pocket. As soon as I let go of the idea and decided that I have enough all the time and more than enough, money just started pouring in. People started coming. I want to work with you. Okay, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I charge this much. Yeah, okay. Where do I sign? Shit, really? Is it that easy? It's that easy. But you have to decide and you have to stay in the decision. I am successful. Whatever that means for you. Mm -hmm. Successful for you means something different than it means for me. So when, when you decide something, manifestation is an idea, is, is a decision that you stay in. You stay in that idea. You stay in that manifestation. I am awesome. I am beautiful, I am connected, I am loaded with bread. You know what I mean? You stay in that space, you vibrate in that space. And the people that come, when you walk out in the street, you go down to, to, to what is it, what's this, this place? Uh, Juice Land. You go to Juice Land, right? You go to Juice Land, you walk in, you're like, hey, how you doing? Oh, how you doing? Oh, this, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, what do you do? I do this. Oh, man, I was looking for somebody who does that. Let me sign on with you. Oh, shit, was it that easy? That easy. It's that easy, man. It's that easy, but you've got to stay in it, and you have to stay in it so you're vibrating at that level all the time, and that's where the challenge is. And so this is where bringing your physicality in, because people will say that mantra work is mental. Bringing your physicality into it gets your body to be in that space where you're generating those hormones all the time, you're generating that frequency all the time. So I have my clients, and, and this is something I have every client that I work on do, journal every day, who am I? Right? And it changes every day. It can change. It doesn't have to be the same. Who am I without using your name or your occupation, the things that you want, the things that you love, and your mantra? Write it down. Right. So the actual physical movement of writing it, the actual looking at it, the actual saying it, 
than getting up in front of the mirror and saying it out loud, seeing yourself, hearing yourself, feeling it through the vibration here, reminds your body to get back on that frequency. And every time you bring another person into it, that mantra work, man, I'm, no, I'm feeling this way, I am this way, I am that way, bringing it into your speech every time. It makes it a, a, a habit. The physical body is habitual. It's just like doing bicep curls. You want to you be able to lift shopping bags without any problems? You go lift some dumbbells, right? And then it make, makes you, you get this habit going on so your body shifts to change your biceps to be able to handle that, right? It's the same thing with handling these frequencies. It's getting your body to be in a habitual space. That's when you're not hacking, you're integrating. You're getting yourself onto that frequency. So manifesting abundance or whatever you want in your life has, it, it, from my belief system and from the, 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 the people that I work with and through myself, it's this repetitive, 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 habitual, habitual awesome that brings awesome stuff, man. I mean, it's, it's like how I met you guys in, 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 the, in the space. You know, I just walked over. I'm like, hey, <laughs> what are you yeah. guys doing? You're like, yo, man, what do you do? I'm like, I do this shit. You're like, come on my podcast. I'm like, okay. You know, it, it's it's awesome. And it's crazy that this is this is happening right before Paleo FX. All this stuff falls in, in, in tandem. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't question when it's like we I've been I've been dancing this back and forth with Allison on, on the emails on when we're gonna yeah. come, when I'm gonna come in. And it's like, you know, when it when it happens, it's gonna happen. It's yeah. gonna fall into sync. And if it doesn't happen, that's fine too. I'm good with that. But I, I'm, I'm glad. to be a Radiohead day. Yeah, right? <laughs> See? See? It wouldn't have been Radiohead day. Any sooner, sooner. So, I mean, you know, everything falls in, into place. And this, this not having this attachment, and this is part of it. When you hold on to, to the future, right, your idea processes, your, your broadcast uh, is, is holding on to something that you've made exact, right? And then you're holding on to this idea. And this generates a lot of, of energy in your brain. And again, your brain is drawing away from the rest of your body's resources so you can't rest. And if you can't rest and you're grappling onto this idea and every time you're looking for that and it's not even something remotely close to it, you can't see it because you've, you, you've got this tunnel vision with this grapple onto the future, right? Instead of being present, right? So that instead of having tunnel vision, you now have this, 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 this horizon view, right? You can see all of this stuff that's going on in front of you so you can hone in on the thing that you feel connected with. Attachment to the future... No bueno for me. Yeah. I decided I have it right now, and I don't. And I don't get into the, to the semantics. I have food, I have water, I have a place to rest my head, and I am loved. And if I'm not loved by another person, I am loved by me. And that is the most important thing in this world: is that self-love. Because when you love yourself and you feel that you have enough, there's nothing that you really need. There's all the stuff that you want and that you and, and you've decided that you have. When I look outside in this world, all of this shit is mine. Everything in it. All of the people, all of the love, all of it is mine. And it's yours, and it's yours, and it's yours, and it's ours. And, and so I am not lacking at any point in my life, and that's a decision that I've made. I always have. If I need something to eat, boom, it's there. If I need some water, boom, it's there. It's, it's always there because I don't see it as a lack. So being in that space, that mantra space all the time in your body, that's how you, you manifest abundance. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. cool. I've been working on that for a while, too. Just the idea that you can will it, it'll happen. There's times that Baldur's like, kind of show me that and just put it out there. See what happens. And then it comes back. It's like the most amazing thing because you're like, oh shit, it happened. Like, it's really, really cool. And I think that's... Uh, I remember reading this one time and with self-help books, it's interesting. Whatever your your motivation is for self-improvement is, is different for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Like one person says, I want to be successful financially 
successful is I want a lot of patients. I want a lot of clients. I want recognition, whatever it is, right? And so after a while, it's kind of like, what is it that you really want and what is it that you really need, right? Well, I want this. Well, why can't, why don't you deserve it? Tell yourself why you deserve it. I want to be rich. Almost interesting when people say that, there's like a negative connotation with it. I want to be rich. What does that mean? Do you get everything you want? No, I just, I want to be rich. I deserve to be rich. I worked hard enough. I want to do it. Okay, what is that going to bring you? Well, I don't know. Maybe it might emphasize more of the person who I am. Maybe it might bring out the worst in me. I don't know, right? But then if you say, well, what happens if you get successful to where you're seeing 100 patients a day? What does that bring? Does that bring added stress? Does that bring financial gain? Does that bring... Um, a heightened ego, I don't know, right? But the idea is that it's careful what you wish for because when you get it, then you have to either continue with it or do you say, well, I like this, I want to intensify it. Mm -hmm. The opposite effect is when he <coughs> meditates. He gets to that point where he's like, I've meditated. Where do I go from here? And his mentor is like, go further. Just keep going further, right? Because the idea is the same. I want to know more. I want to explore more. I want more of this. That's one thing. When it actually happens, it's the other thing. It's like, oh, shit, it happened. Now what? I became a millionaire, now what? Or now I have a successful clinic. I have a successful practice, now what? Right? What do I do then? It's not like you're going to retire. Oh, I made it. I'm done. No, it's like I have this mission. My self-fulfillment allows me to bring something else to this world to where I bring something positive. Mm. I help other people. There's no stoppage of that. You're a healer. Right? So the idea is saying, where am I needed? Right? I'm needed wherever people have self-doubt, self-conflict. Right, because the truth is that no one will ever thrive until they realize the potential within themselves to create something that's was unimaginable beforehand. Mm -hmm. Why can't we do this? Oh, it hasn't been done before. Well, why can't I do this? Well, I don't know. The only reason you can't do it is because you said you can't do it. Right? And we're even telling our four-year-old uh, kid we're trying to keep can't out of his vocabulary. Mm -hmm. You will when when it happens, and so putting it out there when it finally happens. Baldy even told me too, is like, just picture when it does happen, how you're going to feel. How are you going to handle that then? It's like, oh, wow, I never thought about it. But the idea that the frequency is out there, I keep putting it out there. And I think the law of attraction is where it started. Mm. And I think that's the one, the one thing that I'm taking away from anything else is that your frequency, you can always shift it. Yep. But most people don't know how to shift it, and that's where you come into play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, to touch on some of the things that you said, um, when coming in that place of knowing and deciding that you have something, in my experience, it is really important to be specific. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not specific, you will get something broad-based. Because sure. you're dreaming about broad-based. Me, I'm being rich. Yeah, I'm being rich without headaches, without bullshit, with a whole <laughs> team to, yeah. to handle all this stuff, with all these... You have... The, you have all these different parts to it and you're very specific. It doesn't have to be attached to looking a certain way, but you have the specifics so that all of these things show up. If it's I'm rich, it can be I'm rich with woes, I'm rich with this, I'm rich... The universe has a very, or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> we, what we are, has a very sick sense of humor. <laughs> and yeah. it will give you, you know, when you said be careful what you wish for, it's like, it's not just be careful, it's be meticulous with what you sure. wish for. And really know, like, you know, I, I want this to happen. To, to touch on the imagination part, where, where you said uh, people, people it, it hasn't been done yet, right? Yeah. And this is one of the things. Everything that, that you're seeing now hasn't been done until it was done. Mm 
Uh, and it started with imagination. Everything in this room has been imagined. Everything is still being imagined right now. We are all imagining this table being this way. We're all imagining the floor being this way. But it, it had to have a start point of imagination, of somebody, of, of somebody creating the idea first. So once we unbridle the ideas of, of limitation, it's like, oh, we'll never get to the moon. Oh, we'll never get to Mars. We'll never get to... Once you can really imagine it, that's when it can get done. But people, we have these, these limited capacities of imagining. If we were to all believe simultaneously that we had tentacles instead of arms, we would all have it. And, it would, and we would never know that we had arms because we'd all have tentacles. And that's just how it would, it's, it's always been this way. We've got tentacles, bro. You know, because we don't know how to imagine in that capacity, we don't know how to do it. Yeah. So we always look to people who have these, these uh, the forward thinking, these imaginations that have blown shit out of the water, we look to them for, yeah. for, for inspiration because they know how to open up their imagination. We're always going to people to look how look how many people flock to Tony Robbins, right? Oh, everybody knows who Tony Robbins is. This guy's imagination is ridiculous. You want to talk about somebody who has a, a ridiculous imagination? The president of your country has a ridiculous imagination. Look at what he's done, right? He became president of this country. And, 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 he, and, and I'm, I'm sure when, he, when, when, when the polls came in, he was like, oh, shit, I actually did this shit. Like, <laughs> everything that Donald Trump has done has, has been from some big imagination. Yeah. And, 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 that's, I, and I'm not saying he's right, wrong, good, or bad, or anything like that, but his imagination is ridiculous. And if you want to look at somebody who has an imagination that's a, a forward thinker in, a, in an imaginative space, that guy is crazy. Just look at all of the stuff that he's done and created <laughs> all over the world. That's true. I mean, that's true. The yeah. stuff all over the planet that this guy's involved in. His imagination is ridiculous. So he has this limited imagination, and he kind of falls into it, and people will say he's stupid or he's an idiot and all this other stuff. And it's like, that has nothing to do with his imagination. And I know some people who have no education and have these unbridled imaginations and do these huge things, and it's like, wow, how did you do that, man? I just thought about it, and this should happen. You know, you have to have that <laughs> imagination, and you have to be specific with it and stay in that space. And to, to touch on one more thing you said uh, about deserving things, that... Um, I'm not sure if that was your perspective or his perspective of somebody else you were talking about. The idea of deserving can be a trap that I've found mm -hmm. because it, it, it's contingent upon you working a certain way, you being uh, a, a certain level of human being or something like that so that you deserve this. I think if there's a, a position of deserving, we all deserve whatever the fuck we want and we deserve whatever the fuck we get, right? Because we're allowing it and we're imagining it and we're participating in it. We don't have to be in a place of deserving to have the things that we want in life. I think that, that, that we are all uh, capable of having the things that we want without destroying each other. And, and uh, being, being in a space that I am, I've, I've talked to prisoners, I've talked to people in psych units, I've talked to all of these people who have been locked up and who have been in these places. I worked in the prison ward in the hospital, and I used to go do talks and stuff at prisons upstate New York and all this stuff. And I've spoken in depth with people. And most of the people who have done shitty stuff have been driven to do shitty stuff because of circumstances, not because they're evil people or bad people or they didn't want to hurt somebody. They've been hurt or they didn't have money or they didn't have food or they were trying to get something and they've been contorted. So the, the idea of deserving is very relative. And I think it can be a trap for people um, saying, I'll get it when I'm deserving of it. You know, my mom gave me this metric of when I'm good enough, I'll have this. So I've applied that shit to everything in my life. I've done that already. I've played that whole, I've played that game to be deserving of my mother's love. I, I will wait to have success until my mother approves. I will wait to leave nursing because, you know, oh my God, what will my mother say if I leave nursing? 
Are you kidding? I waited a long time to leave nursing. After that, I was like, fuck that shit. I was like, I love you, mommy. I'm out of here. I'm done. You know, and, and, and this is, this is that, that place can be a trap, you know. So, you know, when, when uh, for me, the, the word deserve is a, it's a tricky place. Yeah. So, you know, um, when it comes to manifesting stuff, when it comes to drawing stuff in, when it comes to connecting with things, if we could detach from the idea that you have to deserve something to have something, yeah, it makes it a lot easier. Because that attachment to the concept of deserving can actually be part of the semantics between you and what it is that you want to connect with. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like we're it. Good. Yeah. Good? Think well, we're good. <laughs> I think that's a good place to end. Uh, so, reiterate how people can find you. I know that you'll be speaking next week at the event we're going to. I will be speaking uh, on the 27th, I think. That's Saturday? Sunday. Sunday the 28th. The 28th. I'll be speaking okay. on Sunday the 28th on a panel on spirituality talking about connecting body and spirituality. It's going to be pretty awesome. There's some really, some really heavy hitters uh, on that on that panel. I'm also doing a trauma release exercise workshop uh, that's limited to like 20 people or 25 people. So get there early if you're coming and uh, sign up for that. And you can find me at tahkole.com. It's T-A-H-K-O-L-E.com. T-A-H-K-O-L-E.com. I'm also putting together a program with a very, very awesome friend and business partner of mine named Will Reason called Optimized Awareness, which is a uh, somatic-based approach to coaching. Uh, we found that the coaching world has become a little wonky with people trying to teach coaches how to coach coaches to coach coaches to 10x their business and sell $10,000 a month, and they're losing sight of getting uh, the connection with their clients and, and uh, being able to show these coaches how to integrate their bodies into their coaching practices and, and integrate that into their their clients life practices can help spread the the message and the word of being really about you and then bringing you fully uh, in acceptance to the rest of society so that's optimizedawareness.com optimizedawareness.com i think that's it that's cool man so uh can people find you online too connect with you that way or do they have to be in physical person oh no you can connect me online uh through taco uh dot com uh it's ta at tahole.com um yeah you can reach me there i'm on instagram at ta free t-a-h-f-r-e-e and you can find us on facebook uh tahole uh, facebook.com slash tahole um instagram.com slash tahole instagram.com slash ta free and yeah We'll be putting these yeah. channels all the places. Yeah. We'll all be the streaming next week too. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Yeah. So you awesome. can find them. You can find Tom. You can find me. <laughs> Come give me a hug. I'm a master yeah. hugger. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to do a, a follow-up of, um, episode. Of, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Appreciate coming on, man. Yeah, thank you for it. having me, brother. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs>